Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia-Pacific stocks are rallying this morning. The Nikkei up more than 2% in early trade. The ASX 200 in Sydney is trading up 1%. Dow futures are up 200 points as well. Some positive economic numbers out of China are boosting investor sentiment, as is a drop in US bond yields. Joining me now to break down all the market action, how was your weekend, Ryan? Our weekend is awesome. How was yours, Michelle? Uh, well, I enjoyed the food bit of the weekend. That and the exercise and the rest bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds uh, like a great weekend. Yeah, altogether, no worries. Um, a couple of big news items over the weekend that could affect global stocks, but neither of them entirely unexpected. So the U.S. House of Representatives passed President Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion U.S. dollar stimulus package. The bill now moves on to the U.S. Senate and U.S. regulators approved Johnson & Johnson's COVID-19 vaccine. Meanwhile, bond yields reversed course a bit on Friday, falling to 1.4%. So as we start off this new month, what do you expect to dominate market narrative in March? Yeah, you pointed out a couple of things that will continue to be on the agenda. And one of the things to watch out for this week will be the stimulus proposal now going through the Senate after being passed by the House of Representatives. So that could have an impact on bond yields, which have been going on a roller coaster ride in the past few days, of course. To recap, last week we saw it hit a one-year high of 1.6% and briefly surpassing the S&P 500 dividend yield. So at one point, it was more reward to invest in bonds than in stocks for a better return. So that was at one stage what happened. Then things started to retrace and you've got now the 10-year bonds at around 1.4% uh, back under the S&P 500 dividend yield, which is now at around 1.5%. So that is the shape of where we are right now. But it will be interesting to see what might sway the sentiment around inflation expectations, mm-hmm. interest rate expectations. And a couple of things could be swaying that in the form of uh, Jerome Powell speaking on Thursday at, a, at an event. So he might be giving some commentary once again around the outlook for his economy as well as inflation. So that would be one thing to watch out for. Also, OPEC Plus will be meeting. And this is with Saudi Arabia and Russia at odds on what to do next. So we've got one side wanting to, to raise production to make more money from oil. And the other side thinking, hey, it's not time yet to raise production because it's still quite a fragile state of things. So that will play out on Thursday. And of course, oil prices have been going up quite a bit in recent months. And that has been one of the reasons fueling the inflation expectations. And one more thing to watch out for will be on Friday, which will be the monthly jobs report for the US. And consensus projections are for things to pick up quite a bit. And this is off the back of the Stimulus measures in December, $900 million worth. So that could be um, something to look out for in terms of a catalyst for markets. Despite last week's jitters, the major U.S. indices are all up about 1% to 2% since the start of the year. As we've seen, inflation jitters have driven bond yields substantially higher. The yield on the 10-year U.S. Treasury note is up more than 50% this year. So one prominent market analyst, economist David Rosenberg, says the markets have overreacted in a big way. So Ryan, break down for us Rosenberg's argument and where does he expect bond yields to settle? 
Yeah, so it has been quite a bit of a run-up in yields. Just for context, in the past six months, it has almost doubled. And that's quite a big run-up when you think about where we were right at the start of where COVID-19 was, which was at around 1.7, and then it swung back down to around 0.8, and now it's at around 1.4. So looking at what he is saying, he's saying it's a bit of an overreaction. And what's happening, he's expecting things to go back down to around 1%. So that could be something that could play out if he his forecasts come through. And this is, of course, based on a couple of things. He feels the inflation is going to be temporary, so transitory, just like what Jerome Powell has been saying for quite some time. And you've got the stimulus temporary temporary in nature as well. Mm-hmm. So that could be another factor and something to watch, I guess, with what's been happening in the past few weeks. A bit of a roller coaster ride, but long term, you could still be seeing the US economy going up, but it's going to be a long term ride. Now, while Rosenberg expects the 10-year yield to settle at 1%, he has not ruled out a run to 2% first, though. Let's keep in mind that rising bond yields generally bad for share prices. But one man who is still bullish on US stocks is Warren Buffett. In his annual letter to shareholders, Buffett writing, investors should, quote, never bet against America. If you take a closer look at Buffett's letter, though, you're going to see that there is one company that Buffett appears to be particularly bullish on, his own. Listen. (laughs) He is really playing up his own company and his own stock-picking powers. Uh, So the takeaway here is uh, he hasn't been buying back his shares, no share buybacks for quite some time until the past few years. So he feels maybe now the price is right for him to buy up more shares. In fact, last year, he bought up nearly $25 billion worth of his own Berkshire Hathaway shares. And this is, I guess, a reflection of how it is hard for him to find a deal out there and he can't find anything to do or place his money with and he feels the best place or the most attractive proposition is in Berkshire Hathaway which owns a couple of things rail, railroads, utilities and he's also really quite bullish on Apple with these, these days so those are some of the bets he's been putting his money on and of course he's been saying you know, bet on the US mm-hmm. the US economy is going to bounce back Uh, Despite what's been happening with the pandemic, there are signs that things are going back up. So all in, he is quite confident on his stock pickings. From Warren Buffett, I want to turn to Hong Kong now. Sobering news. Authorities charging nearly 50 pro-democracy politicians and activists. This happened yesterday uh, with violating the city's new national security law. That's what they were charged with. Nearly every prominent Hong Kong activist is now either in jail or exile. Do analysts expect this sort of political action to unearth investors, Ryan? It's not going to do them any favours, this whole dynamic that's playing out with the instability. So that could be a knee-jerk reaction to watch out for in Hong Kong today. Today, Like you pointed out, 40 of them arrested. And this is the largest and widest use of Beijing's national security law in Hong Kong to date. So this could have a bit of an impact today. Uh, But, of course, it comes back down to company fundamentals. End of the day, is the company making money? And is the environment conducive for them to make money? And some of the companies actually operate better in 
a so-called more stable environment where the rule of law is more predictable. And this includes the likes of property developers and those who depend on regulations being very, 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 very predictable. So that could play out that way as well. The Hang Seng Index fell more than 5% last week. Investors, meanwhile, are watching today for an announcement as to whether the index is about to undertake one of its biggest overhauls in its 51-year history, examining constituents, uh, the weightage of companies. What do you think we should be on the lookout for, right? Okay, so this is part of an industry consultation, and today we might hear what they've decided to do with the discussions they've collected, the the feedback they've collected. And a couple of things to look out for. Possibly they might increase the number of members on the Hang Seng Index. Right now, it's at around 50. They might increase it by another 30, so Mm. all the way up to 80. Uh, Also, putting a cap on the weightings of individual companies. So this will prevent any oversway of prices. For example, if one company does very well for some reason, it won't sway the index by too much. Also, fast-tracking new listings, and this is reflective of how there has been a lot of new type of um, new economy type of companies that have just come into the scene and really shot up in market cap. And all in, all these measures are part of a an effort to make the index more reflective of the Hong Kong market, especially the new economy type of companies that have been starting to emerge in the past few years. Now, one last note from Hong Kong. Li ka has regained his position as the city's richest man. His net worth jumped 20% last year, according to Forbes Asia. The famed property developer making his latest money, though, in a completely different industry. Ryan, what boosted Li ka wealth? His wealth is zooming up, and that is because... <laughs> He has a 6.6% stake in Zoom. So, of course, everyone has been using Zoom in the past year. Well, many of us have been using Zoom. And that run-up in his stock price, 400%, makes him even richer. In fact, it is now up 20% to around $35.4 billion, his net worth. So, he is really riding high on the back of Zoom. Early investor. Mm, in local corporate news, Capitaland and City Developments have both reported dismal 2020 results this past week. But both companies also say they are in good shape to seize new opportunities in the year ahead. Uh, our colleague Ben Paul has a great article about this in the Business Times today. Mm. So Ryan, could this be a good time to buy the stocks? Well, it depends on how optimistic you are on their outlooks. And to recap the latest report cards from both sides. Mm. Capitaland just released its report card and it was its first full year net loss in two decades. And we are talking about a second half loss that really dragged it down, $1.7 billion. So that is the backdrop for Capitaland. And FY 2020, net loss was around at around $1.6 billion. And this was a big reversal from 2019. Uh, where it reported a profit after tax of nearly $2.1 million, which was up 21%. So FY 2020 kind of written off because of COVID-19. Same picture for CDL, which also had a huge loss. Uh, For FY 2020, it reported earnings after tax of around, well, actually a loss of $1.9 billion. So all in because of COVID-19. So this is where he feels... Uh, despite those similarities, there might be a few differences 
down the road for both sides. So with Capital Land, he is pointing out that its future is dependent on how it pivots towards the new economy, new economy type property assets such as business parks and logistics centers. And right now, he has pointed out that Capital Land um, only has exposure to these new economy assets at a tune of 8%. And this is versus the traditional retail property and offices, uh, which is, is more prone to disruption at around 32 so that is something to look out for if you're thinking about riding the upswing in mm. this new trend. He is pointing out that between the two of, two of them, maybe CDL has a better uh, position to ride this upswing. And that is because most of its losses were due to write-downs in its recent investments in Sincere Property Group in China and also the revaluation of and impairments of its hospitality division. Um, once you take that out of the picture, they might have more upside if you think about what it might be able to do to unlock value. And CDL has previously said it might unlock value by reviewing its assets such as its hospitality portfolio in the form of its privatized Millennium and Copton portfolio. So that could be one catalyst for its stock price down the road. So he is a bit more optimistic around CDL. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. All right, with Capital Land, shares are down nearly 10% over the past year. City Developments, meanwhile, has been in the headlines lately over its deals with China's Sincere Property Group. Last week, we talked about CDL's latest deal with Sincere for a tech park in Shenzhen. So recap for us how investors have been reacting. Yeah, CDL has been on a bit of a slippery slope in the past few weeks. Mm. And looking at how it fed on Friday, uh, it was down 2%. And this is also off the back of its earnings release where it suffered a big loss. So looking at how CDL is uh, doing this morning, let's take a quick look at where it is. It's extending those losses by 0.1%. Looking at the broader market, uh, we are looking at the STI right now. In the green, it's up by 0.2%, 2,956. So on Friday, it was down uh, and it actually broke its four-day winning streak. So it's now bouncing back slightly. And looking at some of the other stocks you might be worth considering to look at today, Q&M just released its results today and it was a net profit of 19.7 million, 10% higher than the previous year. But it is still trading lower by 0.9% at 59 cents. So a couple of things to look out for. Um, but broadly, the direction of STI is um, in the green to start the week. On Friday, we learned Singapore's factory output jumped more than 8% in January. Not only is that a sharp rise, it's better than expected and in large part due to the semiconductor boom. If we check in on share prices now, the Straits Times Index fell 0.8% on Friday but still finished in positive territory for the week at 29.49. The STI up 3.7% since the beginning of Mm. the year. So does it look like the blue chip index is going to add to those gains in March? How's it trading this morning, Ryan? Yeah, if I look at what you pointed out, the industrial production numbers were up. And this has been actually quite positive for the likes of Venture Corp and Mm. EM Holdings. So looking at Venture Corp, it's up by 1.6% so far at $19.51. And looking at AEM Holdings, another electronics manufacturer, it's up by 0.7% at $4.06. So 
It is looking good so far for Singapore stocks. So a bit of calm coming back into the markets, especially in the bonds side of things. So that is also riding off the back of the passing or passage of the stimulus bill in the US now in the Senate for approval. Keep an eye on that. And a busy week ahead. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.